it's time to play. No work today. Hey. Yeah. Catch me lacing up my gym shoes. You get school. Broken ankles everywhere in the crowd. Zachariah with the breakdown. Dose. Uno. Dose. Trice. Bay Area! Welcome to the program. You know the name. No work today. You Your humble host, Zachariah, joined alongside Cousin Ant. Ant, que paso? Que paso, mi amigo? <laughs> primo. Primo, senor. Primo? I'm your cousin, man. That's primo. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Come gotcha. on. How am I teaching you Spanish, man? You're the Latin one on this, on this show. <laughs> My bad, man. <laughs> uh, follow us on every single thing that you can follow anything on. No work today. K-N-O-W work today. I'm at Zach Sports, Z-A-K Sports. Antonio, you are donde on Twitter? The Reese 510. You sure it's not Cousin Ant 510? It could be. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Just type in out. both. <laughs> I'll tag him on my uh, Twitter timeline. Follow him for all his fun tweets. Uh, sometimes controversial. Sometimes not so much. A uh, lot to get into. Super Bowl week, obviously, Antonio. You still heavy on the Twitter or what? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I tweet here and there. I tweeted about uh, Kobe, which we'll get into here in a second. Mm -hmm. uh, and I tweet stuff. You know, I tweet random stuff. And then anytime I'm on hot mic or if I put out a podcast or whatever, then I'll let the people know. But I'm not like I'm not one of those guys that's constantly on Twitter. Right. So we'll get into the Super Bowl. We'll get into some free agent quarterback stuff. But we begin here, and with some somber stuff. With the passing of Kobe Bryant happened Sunday morning. Your initial thoughts when you got the news? I, I guess I was probably like everyone else as to where I didn't believe it. You know what I mean? I kind of expected him to like make a statement and say, hey, no, that wasn't me. Yeah, I think that was everybody's reaction. That, you know, they talk about grief and the first step is denial. Right. I think a lot of people were like, no, TMZ got hacked. Mm -hmm. This can't be true. Blah, 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 blah. Unbelievable. And then when you just learn about the rest of it, I mean, I guess... You know, next you learn that it actually did happen, and then you learn the circumstances, you learn who was with him, and it just makes it that much more worse. Yeah, there was a second there. I was on the phone with Art, and I was telling him, and he was like, no way. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I'm looking at it, and, it, you know, as time passed, more and more credible. I mean, TMZ is pretty damn credible. They, they hardly, if ever, get it wrong. So I tended to believe it as soon as I saw it. Yeah. And then more credible news sources came in and confirmed it. And I, at one point, thought that all four daughters were on the plane. I knew immediately that Vanessa was not on the plane, right. his wife. But I had thought for a second that maybe all four daughters had been on there, which I thought was kind of impossible because Kobe's youngest is only nine months or ten months or Se something. Seven months, I believe. So I doubt you could put a seven-month-year-old on the plane. And even the second-to-youngest, I think, is two or three or something. I don't even think you can put a two- or three-year-old on a helicopter. I got on a small plane before, and I remember the pilot telling me there was only like four total seats really and i think he said that you need to be a certain age to to fly on you know vessels that small right um but it turned out that there was one that was on there and when i took it look i've been rooting against kobe every second of his career mm -hmm. i'm not a laker fan I'm, I'm a norcal boy not a socal boy the lakers were constantly stomping Everything. over the warriors and Absolutely. my beloved sons Absolutely. so i was never rooting for kobe mm -hmm. and it devastated me so if it devastated somebody that rooted against them, just imagine either the casual fan, like the person that doesn't love or hate Kobe, and then the people that love Kobe. It must have been devastating. Because I know just for me, you know what it felt like? It, was, it wasn't mortality so much because it wasn't like somebody my age that died from natural causes. 
you know, like you tend to think about death like as you get older and people around you start dying, then you start thinking about mortality. Mm -hmm. This was more, this was a helicopter crash. So it wasn't something that made me think, oh, I'm getting up there. Like think about my own mortality, but he was such a big part of my childhood. Yeah. And I watched, you know, again, rooting against, not rooting for, but I watched so much Kobe Bryant basketball. He was a part of so many playoff games. He was our Jordan. I mean, we had Jordan. We were both born in uh, 83, 82, whatever. So we, that made it till we were like 10, you know, 93, Jordan, 96. We were 13. Kobe was in the league at the same time as Jordan. So we did have Jordan growing up, but we were younger. We yeah. couldn't really appreciate the game. Mm -hmm. For the prime of our basketball-watching lives, Kobe Bryant was the Jordan of our generation. Our basketball careers. And it just <laughs> and it made you realize, and I tweeted this out, that ultimately sports is just sports. Because as much as I hated the guy, I mean, first of all, you have to appreciate his ability to play basketball, without a doubt. His work ethic, his skill, both defensively, all, you know, all first team, all defense, MVP, unbelievable on offense. You have to appreciate his skill. Respect. But I was rooting against it. Of and course. All of that went out the window when you find out about that. And it just, it, it made you think of all the times that you watched him. And it just felt like a piece of my childhood died in that plane crash as well. I agree completely. I mean, you watched him come up through the years, a little bit older than us, you know what I mean? Probably four or five years. Yep. Um, take over the game at a certain point in his career. Mm -hmm. Kind of do it on his own once he split from Shaq. The whole time coming up here and whooping our asses in regards to the Warriors, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So you had the... Whooping uh, everybody's ass, really. And he's probably the closest thing to Jordan, I think, that we will witness as long as we're alive. Yeah. I mean, even if LeBron... I think LeBron's more skilled. Like, I would take LeBron over Kobe. But in terms of being more like Jordan, mm -hmm. Kobe is more like Jordan. Because LeBron... We're talking you know, about from a game standpoint. Absolutely. His, his game is, is almost spot on. And also mentality. Mentality. The, the killer mentality, LeBron lacked that early on. He got swept by the Spurs when he was with the Cavs. He lost his first finals in Miami where he just, for some reason, wouldn't shoot mm -hmm. against the Mavericks. That's something Jordan and Kobe would never do. And mm -hmm. Kobe and Jordan both had the give me the ball when the game's on the line, the tenacity, the high expectations out of their teammates, demanding the most out of all of them to the point where some of the teammates didn't like him. Exactly. And he didn't give a damn. Nope. As far as he was concerned, he's trying to get the best out of you. If pissing you off is a byproduct of that, then so be it. But I'm not going to be friends with you if you're not giving me your all or doing your best. That mama mentality and that Jordan mentality is something that you can't teach to players. And I think... And if LeBron had more of that in him, he'd have more rings. Absolutely. <laughs> I think basketball lost... You know, a lot that day. Mm -hmm. But one of the main aspects, or one of the main things I take away from it is that they lost the killer instinct that he could have translated to all these players coming up through the generations. So yeah. now we're going to have to find someone else who may or may not have that, and that may not exist. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess guys can watch it on video and maybe try to interpret it through that. But unless you have someone like Kobe laying it into these players, it's going to be hard to pass along. Yeah, and he... um He's a, you know, he's from Philly. He was born in Italy, but he was raised in Philly, went to high school out there, mm -hmm. won a national championship. And his favorite team is the Eagles. And some of the Eagles players came out. He spoke to him before the Super Bowl and or not the day of the Super Bowl, but, you know, leading up to it. I remember that. And they talked about how everybody was transfixed. Everybody 
was completely laser focused into everything that he was saying. He was talking about the mama mentality, which is a little bit self-indulgent, but that's fine. I mean, you know, some of the best people in the world have the biggest egos and he gave himself the mama name. Was, he he made proof. up the mama mentality, but you know, deservingly so. Yeah. If you're that damn good and you're going to work that hard, you can do that. But he talked about that too. One of my favorite stories, Lou Williams came out. Uh, mm -hmm. People don't remember Lou Will, Mr. Six Man. Mm -hmm. They should name the award after him, by the way. Um, the Lou Williams Award? Yeah. When he retires, they That'd should name dope. it the Six Man of the Year Lou Williams Award. That'd be dope. He was on the Lakers. and Well, actually, sidetrack real quick. Also, they should name an award after Kobe Bryant. I got this from Tim Legler. Mm -hmm. um, and he was saying that they should give an award to the player who maximized the most, you know, didn't do load management, busted his ass. The hardest working player of the year should be the Kobe Bryant award. And they're also talking about maybe changing the logo to a silhouette of Kobe instead of Jerry West. I would love that. And Jerry West, I'm sure, would sign off on it. He of was course. the one that traded for him, and he was he was a wreck mm -hmm. after it happened. I watched all the footage. Yeah, tough, um, tough to watch. But back to Lou Will, he was on the Lakers. And people forget that mm -hmm. he was a teammate of Kobe's and I guess they got blown out in Portland yep. and Kobe took everybody that was wearing Kobe's, <laughs> his teammates shoes and said, y'all don't deserve to wear these. You're soft. It's just one of many stories that shows you how much of a competitor. I love it. Was. I mean, you know, we play on the court plenty of times. <laughs> I think we're probably more of the. Yes. I, I would say that you and I fall cl closer to the Kobe <laughs> category than, uh, than, than the LeBron category. And, I mean, and also to a fault to where we cuss and people probably don't like playing with us too much. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I know people think I'm dickhead. It's, it's a proven fact. The hell you doing, yeah. Zach? Shoot the ball. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I mean, that's just a, a wanting to win mentality. And, yep. uh, you know, I think that not being Kobe not being here to translate that among so many other things is going to cost the game of basketball. Well, luckily, he was around for as long as he was, and there are, you know, there is footage of him talking to teams, and there are, you yeah, know, yeah. interviews where he reflects. I mean, there is things like you said; people can go to YouTube and kind of mm -hmm. and kind of try to get it, but it's n it's never better than getting it straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah, and I just think, uh, you know, I hate to bring it back to a somber part, but you just you think about the moments mm. leading up to the crash and yeah. what, as a father, I'm not a father, you're not a father, but I can only imagine. Like what you, you, you have to basically lie to your daughter, right? And just say, look, we're going to be fine. It might hurt a little bit or whatever, but we're going to be fine. You know, like you can't say we're going to die. I love you so much. Like this is it. I'm assuming that that's what you got to do leading up to it. But those moments where you're falling and you know, you're going to have impact and die has got to be some of the worst stuff in the world. I can just hope that they were praying at peace. They had their eyes closed. They told each other that they loved each other. And then that's the, the way that they went. And it wasn't in a huge panic. Yeah. And if you check out her IG, uh, Gigi's is nothing but hoop and her dad. Yeah. And she was a little Kobe. She was. I, I watched an interview with Kobe on Kimmel, and he said, you know, it's funny when I'm out in public, people will come up to us and they'll go, hey, man, you got to have a boy. You and Vanessa have to have a boy so he can carry on the legacy. And she was like, whoa, 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 hold up. <laughs> I got this. Mm -hmm. You know, and she she was a great hooper. I saw, you know, footage of her, and they were constant. She was making him. Kobe didn't really want to go to a lot of NBA games after he retired. Mm -hmm. The main games, that, like this year, that they went to three total games. Two of them were against the Hawks because Gigi's favorite player is Trey Young. <laughs> so she lived and breathed basketball just like her dad. And it's sad because the WNBA needed Kobe needed a Gigi, needed like a big popular face behind it. And Kobe was that. Kobe would go to WNBA games. Obviously, he had the Mamba Academy where he was helping, you know, teach young girls how to play. I mean, he was huge. And hopefully somebody steps in and carries that on because the WNBA certainly could use that sort of publicity and backing. Yeah, I mean, 
It's a stark reminder not to take not to take people for granted. Yeah. As you get older in life, start to realize that it's a part of life, but it never gets easy. And when stuff like this happens, like I said, it's a stark reminder you don't want to take it for granted. Yeah. No, it's sad. And, you know, I think for anybody, I mean, this transcended just basketball. This transcended just America. It's there worldwide. was I forget the name of the soccer player. Forgive me. A famous soccer player scored a goal, held up 2-4. Neymar. Neymar. In tennis, you saw Djokovic, he won a match, and you know how he signs the camera? He put a message to Kobe Bryant out there. Wow. Uh, Just all around the world in golf, you saw Tiger come off the the 18, and he had just found out he probably had a poor choice of words because they asked him what he would remember most about Kobe, and he said the fire, and then he said the burning desire and i mean he kept mentioning things that would you know lead you to the helicopter crash so probably not the best choice of words by tiger but you knew what he meant he was he was a competitor and i think kobe and tiger are the same age and they both have that killer desire to win and that you know that passion for it's kind of what you and i talk about a lot it's more about hating to lose than it is loving to win. Mm-hmm. And they both <laughs> shared that, you know, and he, Tiger's been a Lakers fan since he was a kid. Yeah. So I think it, it was just felt worldwide. It was so sudden. And I don't know, I, there's not a lot of words that you that you can say about it other than it's like really tragic. And, tragic. and most of our heroes in sports, you get to watch age. I mean, some might die a little bit early. Wilt Chamberlain, people were kind of shocked by his death, but he was in his 60s. Yeah. Uh, Bill Russell, I mean, you think you, you ever think you were going to be able to live to see Bill Russell tweeting out, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant? Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. And it wasn't just that. Kobe became less of a jerk as mm. his career was winding down. And after his retirement, you could tell he took his foot off the gas. He was like, I, I no longer have to be this ultimate competitor. That has to be on edge all the time. That's constantly working. That's constantly demanding the most out of my teammates and my coaches and everybody. He kind of just took back and he goes, look, it's over now. I can be a dad. I can be a husband. I can be all these different things. He was doing some work for ESPN where he was breaking down plays. And, you know, it's just sad that we're not going to be able to see. I mean, especially Gigi, who was only 13. Mm-hmm. I mean, she could have gone on to be a WNBA superstar. She was already talking about going to UConn. Yeah. Especially her because she was so young. At least Kobe got to live his professional life till 40. Yeah. But to see what he could have done, we're never going to know. More often than not, when, like you said, people in the eyes of the public, there's stuff behind their death or like there's a reason that it happened. You know what I mean? Whether it be old age, drug addiction, or car crashes or something like that sometimes it's self-inflicted with this there's no reason for it yeah so it's the you know i think it's the questions you have of why that makes it even that more hurtful to people and you know stick with people well and there's there's also no reason to go down this path but you kind of gotta when you talk about why chp had grounded all of their helicopters. Mm -hmm. If CHP is grounding their helicopters, why would the pilot not know? Because basically the cause of the helicopter crashing was fog. There was thick fog and it's tough to navigate a helicopter. And especially with a helicopter with the propeller, once that kind of goes out of whack, it's a lot harder to, to stabilize than if you were in a plane. Right. But how did the pilot not know? And I hope it wasn't one of the parents or somebody that was on. And let's not forget about the other eight people that or seven people that died right. on that helicopter crash. And I hope it wasn't one of them sort of pushing the pilot to fly, even though he was not supposed to. Kind of like, I don't know if you heard the rumors about the Aaliyah death, but apparently she wanted to take more luggage than she was supposed to. Yeah. And she kind of pushed it forward 
when the pilot was like, you should leave some behind. And that ended up being the cause of her. I'm not placing any blame on anybody, but you just hope that, you know, it wasn't at the urging of some of the parents that were on there, but either way, just, just really bad. And yeah, it makes you, because Kobe took the helicopter everywhere. Mm -hmm. He took it to practice. He took it to games because he lives about an hour and a half away from downtown LA. Mm -hmm. You think, I think he lives in orange County. Mm -hmm. So he took it all the time. It's not like, you know, and helicopters aren't, necessarily dangerous as long as you're operating under the right circumstances but it just makes you wonder why because it's just the game even mm. if they miss the game because they were going to kobe's daughter's game yeah even if it's even if it means missing the game and it just it's for everybody out there when in doubt err on the side of caution yeah you know whether it's driving drunk or driving if you're tired it, always err on the side of you know paying for even if it means a fifteen dollar Uber to home and then another fifteen dollar Uber to get back to your car in the morning. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, err on the side of caution because if the, if they had been erring on the side of caution that morning, I don't think this would have happened. Yeah, that's another question you asked. Like you know why what, you know why did it happen like that? But I mean there is no answer. It just everybody has their fate, you know, and you got to move on from it, and grieve like everyone does. Yeah, I just think the world lost a a leader. Yeah. And I think a lot of men looked up to him. Yeah. Whether they like to admit it or not. I think a lot of men grew oh, up. Oh, whether with, you whether you loved or you hated him, you looked up to him. I think a lot of men grew up with him and, you know, respected him. I think that later on in life he could have had the ears of a lot of people and changed things for the world. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like Tom Brady. I hate him. Well, I don't hate him personally. I don't know him. Right. I hate him sports wise, mm -hmm. but you can't not admire him or look up to him. I mm -hmm. mean, he's he has a similar work ethic to what Kobe had. And that's why he's been able to play for as long as he did. And he's been as successful as he's been, but it's also, it sucks. He was going to get inducted to the hall of fame this year. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be able to see his speech. I don't know who they're going to have do that. And then obviously the nine month year old girl, I don't know if it's better or worse to have never really known your dad. Cause she's not really going to know. She doesn't know of him. Yeah. She's going to, maybe she'll have like, you don't really have memories in your first year. So I, I don't, she's going to be the least affected by it now. And I don't even know if it's better or worse. Like, would you rather be 12 years old? I think his eldest is 16. Yeah, something like that. And so, like, would you rather be the 16-year-old and you knew your sister for 12 years and you knew your dad for 16 years? Or would you rather be the nine-month-year-old and having never met any of them and just knowing about it <laughs> later? Because I almost think it's ignorance is bliss. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible to know that one. Yeah. I mean, part of me, because I, you know, my dad died tragically when I was 26. And I always said part of, how I could heal from it was I'd rather have 26 years of a fantastic father like I had mm -hmm. than 52 years of a piece of shit father. Right. You know, so, uh, you know, it's, it's hard, but I mean, I just feel so bad for Vanessa uh, and the kids. I mean, just imagining what that first morning was waking up because the day of you're probably numb to it. I know I was, mm -hmm. it's the morning after, where stuff starts to set in mm -hmm. and just knowing that your sister, I, I'm sure they were all close. I don't know the specific relationships, but knowing that your dad's gone and your sister's gone, it probably sinks in the next morning. And I just can't imagine how bad it is. And it's a shame that we're not going to be able to see him get into the hall of fame. I mean, at least he did finish his career mm -hmm. and he did lay down some foundation with the Mamba uh, Academy and set a standard. Yeah. He did lay some seeds at least. So the amount of time that we had him is great. But, you know, it just it sucks for all the stuff that you're not going to be able to see. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. And uh, in terms of, you know, what the NBA is going to do, you know, they postponed. They were supposed to play Clippers-Lakers last night, but the Lakers asked the NBA if they could postpone it because they needed more time, which I totally understand because you can't put together how you're going to honor this man 
in two days. And you he know? is the organization. Yeah. yeah. And so they're gonna their first game's gonna be Friday night at Staples Center. And of course, all the craziness, the Grammys was the same night. I thought Alicia Keys did a good job of handling that. His jerseys were hanging. So they lit him up throughout the entire Grammys. And of course, they paid a little tribute to him in the beginning. You've seen tennis players come out in Kobe jerseys. Uh, a couple of rappers, they did a, uh, they were actually doing a tribute to Nipsey too hmm. at the Grammys. And I think it's YG, John Legend. They hmm. had a Nipsey verse from Nipsey in it. Wow. Uh, and then I think another guy had a Kobe jersey on. So yeah, rest in peace, Kobe. And, you know, rest in peace, a piece of our childhood. I think that's where everybody could come together, whether you loved or hated him. It was somebody that you watched, you mm-hmm. know? It didn't matter if you loved or hated You were either rooting against them or you were rooting for them, but you were watching. You were watching them win. Yeah, it's like the uh, it's like the Howard Stern phrase. Get people to either love you or hate you because either way, they're listening. I think being Hoopers, you know, like we watched it intimately, and uh, I think we're thankful for being able to watch that too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's also something that makes us grieve because we actually witnessed it and grew with it, and it's just such a tough situation. Yep. It's tragic. And many, uh, many tributes i'm sure to come all right awkward transition into uh the super bowl super bowl niners chiefs it's a blood super bowl oh, wow booing i'm just saying it's all red <laughs> let's just say snoop's not thrilled but uh you know there's some rappers out there that are su woo or whatever it is oh, wow. oh yeah let me leave this alone i'll edit this out i don't think they said that they're tripping off the, the <laughs> i'm just okay it's an all red super bowl let's leave it at that uh chiefs niners first of all are you surprised at who's in it are you surprised that both teams are in it? I'm a little bit on the Chiefs side because um, surprised, surprised. Okay. Uh, Going into the playoffs, did you think it was going to be this matchup? I thought it was open in the AFC. I think the talent level in the AFC this year is probably a little bit on the downside. I guess. Oh, I, for sure. The and, NFC was the stronger. Conference. I guess everybody expected that the Ravens to go. Ravens, Patriots, and Chiefs were pretty much the three teams so in the AFC. When, so when the Titans beat the Ravens, that threw and, everything out of whack. Well, when the when the Titans beat the Patriots and the Titans right. beat the Ravens. Oh yeah, that is, that, so they beat the Patriots. That kind of threw things out of whack. Yeah, um, a mean, little bit. We, we all knew the Patriots were having a down year. Yeah, they looked a little bit uh, vulnerable this year. And then they come out and beat the the Ravens. That was a shocker. Then you're wondering where everything's going to go. And I guess it kind of made it a little bit easier for the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl because yeah. they didn't have to play the Ravens. I think if they did, they wouldn't be able to win that game. Yeah. Um, so you were more surprised that the Chiefs made it than the Niners? Absolutely. Okay. Just because the Niners, I think, have a better all-around team. And every game that they played this year was is, was pretty close. So, I mean, anybody they would have seen in the playoffs, they had a good chance at beating, especially wow. being healthy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's bold just because I would say I'm less surprised that the Chiefs made it because the Niners should have had a much harder road to get there. Mm-hmm. They got very lucky. The Vikings beating the Saints meant they played the played the Vikings instead of the Saints. Remember, the Saints took them all the way down to the wire. The Niners ended up winning on a game-winning field goal. Right. But they would have been much more difficult for the Niners to beat than the Vikings. That's a fact. So that's huge. They still would have been at home, though. Yeah, they still would have been at home. It would have been yeah, different. They, they, they had home field advantage throughout, which, by the way, they only got because of four inches on the on the Sunday night game, Niners at Seattle. That could have been a touchdown. Yeah. It was about four inches away from being a touchdown, and instead <laughs> we're talking about the Seahawks having home field the advantage throughout. The week before that, they lost to the Atlanta Falcons Yeah, this very same way. Exactly. But they made it. Exactly. So, you know, they got fortunate there. 
I think luck's a part of any playoff situation. You have no to doubt. have some luck to go all the way. No doubt. Yeah. And then the Packers beating the Seahawks, I think obviously with the two games that we saw, Niners-Seahawks, I think the Niners – and the Niners not only blew out the Packers earlier in the year, they blew the, the doors off of them in the playoffs too. So I think that they got the easier route. So going into the playoffs, I would have said – I was more surprised by the Niners making it. Mm -hmm. But after, I mean, it worked out for the Chiefs too. The Chiefs didn't have to play the Ravens because they would have had to go to Baltimore to play that game. And the Ravens beat them earlier in the year and they didn't have to play the Patriots. They had to play the Texans at home and they had to play the Titans at home. So it was an easy road for both teams. I'm not saying that either team doesn't deserve to get there, but going into it because the NFC was more stacked, right. I would have been more surprised if the Niners made Yeah, once they got the Vikings, it was kind of a, I, I didn't think the Vikings had a chance against them. They had a closer game than the Packers did. Who? Vikings played the Niners better than the Packers did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Packers, I yeah, they kind of lucked up in, in into that position in the playoffs too. But, I mean, Seattle kind of blew it a little bit. I, I thought better of them. That being said, I think the 49ers have one of the only defensive teams that is made for the playoffs. So, you know, where all those teams are kind of good, they kind of lack a solid defense. Packers had a solid D this year. Had Seattle had a solid right. D this year. Minnesota okay. had a great defense this year. They had okay. D. Look, I'm not saying the I, Niners three, don't have the best defense. All three of those Ds were vulnerable. But solid. Well above average. Not, maybe not great, but very good. I think there were all three of those teams, maybe except for the Vikings, were offensive heavy teams, though. Not the Packers. The Packers won a lot of games, 21 to 17. Yeah, but they're relying on their offense to win those games. They're not winning just because of defense. The Niners didn't win just because of defense either. They ran the hell out of the ball. There was a shootout with Seattle. There was a shootout with New Orleans. Look, I'm not saying that the Niners don't have the best defense. Right. But to say that Minnesota, Seattle, and Green Bay didn't have solid defenses is wrong. They have solid defenses. The Niners have a playoff solid defensive team. So they're going to come into the playoffs and do well. Uh, I think all three of those other teams, maybe it's a question if you're facing good, talented teams. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, they're not as good, but I, I think that they were all solid. I think the Niners just, you know, I think the Niners and Chiefs lucked out with their route to the Super Bowl. Now that they're both there, it sounds like you're leaning Niners. Are you leaning Niners? I am leaning Niners only because I feel like the Chiefs' defense isn't going to be able to, you know, hold Kittle and the running backs, all three of them. If, uh, and you think and you think the Niners defense is going to be able to hold Mahomes? What Mahomes is doing is unprecedented. Mahomes they is were nice. down. Don't they, get me wrong. They were down twenty four nothing to the Texans. I, I, yeah. When you're down twenty four nothing, you're thinking, all right, just got to go play by play, get back into this thing. Maybe by the fourth quarter, make it close. By halftime, that's by halftime, and they were winning twenty eight to fourteen. That's a defensive thing. First of all, because you got to be giving up twenty four points to have be, be down twenty four nothing. That's true. And, and they're not going to afford to be able to get down in this game. Exactly. But I don't. I, don't, I doubt that they will. I think their defense <laughs> is going to play a lot better. I don't think the Niners' offense is as potent as you know the Texans can be. Jimmy G's questionable. Jimmy, Jimmy G is questionable, but he's been pretty spot on these playoffs. You know what I mean? And when you're playing, when you're hot, you kind of stay hot. Maybe this he week, didn't throw the ball the entire playoffs. He still made good plays though. Jimmy G <laughs> had 77 more yards passing than I did what, in the it, NFC Championship. The, what game. about the game before that? He was lights out. No, he barely threw in that game too. In the Minnesota <laughs> game, he barely threw in that. I'll look it up right now. But Jimmy G had 77 more yards passing than me in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. That's that's how little he's throwing. He all. I mean, and look, there's no. He's point. done. He's done what. He's supposed to do when he needs to do it. Yes. There is no point to pass the ball when you're running it the way that they did. They've been going crazy with the run. I would still be a little bit nervous 
that my quarterback has not. I mean, he, he hasn't been putting it. They beat the uh, Vikings twenty-seven to ten, outscored them thirteen. It was actually it was fourteen ten at halftime. Vikings didn't score in the second half. Kirk Cousins was twenty-one of twenty-nine for a buck seventy-two. Garoppolo threw for one hundred and thirty-one yards, a TD, and a pick against the <laughs> for a for a QBR of forty-five point four. He's thrown for two hundred total yards in two games. That's a, that's a quarter for Mahomes. How many picks? Just one pick? Just one pick. That's all you need out in the playoffs, kid. <laughs> Only one touchdown, too. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, look, I'm so not... that just goes to, that just goes to show that the defense is that much better. So I guess if your point is that KC's offense outweighs the defense of the 49ers, or do you think it's a toss-up? I think that Patrick Mahomes will be good enough against the Niners' defense, that he will make that game needs to be won by Garoppolo. And I'm not saying that Garoppolo can't do it. He did it against the Saints. That, yeah. that was big time in New Orleans. Yeah, He did it against the Saints. That was big time. But I would be worried if I'm a Niners fan that I haven't seen enough from Garoppolo in the playoffs. He hasn't, he hasn't had to do it, so it's not that he can't do it. But I also haven't seen him do it because he hasn't been in the position to have to do it. So I'd be worried about if Garoppolo has to win the game for him. And don't, don't forget... Jimmy G is loose with the rock. Whether it's fumbling or throwing a pick, yeah. he's good for a couple of those a game. Well, that the New Orleans game had playoff implications in it. It did. You know what I mean? So it did. that is kind of an example of him coming I will give you that. I will give you that. Spot. But in the last two games, 200 total yards in two games. He's going to have to throw for more than that. Well, also his running backs ran for like 400 oh, yards. Oh, no. It's insane. Their run game has been insane. I think Terrell Suggs being on the Chiefs defense and having a little Super Bowl experience will benefit them in the game. I think uh, Matthew who's been playing better for their defense. The Honey Badger. The Honey Badge. <laughs> I think, forget the guy's name on the defensive line who's been playing really good. Clark? Clark. Yeah. He pulled his he, cap. That guy's a nut job. Did you see his post-game conference? He's going to get after Jimmy he G. He's a maniac. He's going to get after him. First of all, he looks like he's 100 years old, and he's not. <laughs> but that guy was calling out everybody. That guy was a maniac. I he was it. He was swearing. There was kids around. He didn't give a damn. He I was like, it. I told y'all, we're the it. best team. He's like, the trophy for the AFC championship, it's got our owner's name on it. That's in Kansas City now. He's like, we ain't going off sides like last year. I told y'all, we're coming after y'all. It was like. Damn, bro. That being said, they're giving up 24 points to start game time. That's true. You know That's what true. I mean? So, yeah. I mean, you know. Well, you can talk after you win, but yeah, you can't, <laughs> they weren't saying much when they were down big. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting <laughs> game. History will tell us that good defenses will beat good offenses. So you're going through with the uh, – so your pick is the Chiefs. Okay. My mind is telling me the Niners. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that you can bet against Patrick Mahomes. And I would just – I would feel foolish – watching Mahomes do Mahomes things because the Niners, the only trouble that they've had on defense, mobile quarterbacks. Now, Mahomes isn't a big-time runner, but he will move around in the pocket because yeah. the front four, the, the beauty of the Niners' defense is they can get after you with four guys. Fast. They don't, need to, they don't need to blitz. They can come after you with four guys who are just beasts all along that defensive line, and they're subbing guys in and out. I mean, they are stacked on defense, and mm -hmm. their defensive coordinator, the hell's his name? I always want to say Shula, but it's not Shula, obviously. Yeah. Uh, let me look, look it, it up. up we'll edit this out. Thought look. you were going to help me out there. I know, I know it's like Shallowland or something. Or, it's something like that. Yeah, I don't know it either. All right. We're going to edit this out. Don't you worry. We got Salah. 
Sala, there you go. Robert Sala. Shalant. I said I said Shula. <laughs> Anyways, I always want to say Shula because of the famous Miami Dolphins head coach. Uh, yeah. He's obviously going to be a guy. I'm surprised that teams didn't wait around for him to be available for interviews. Well, he's they are. Gonna, I he, think he's getting interviews. Everybody's vacancies filled. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe he did go see. I think people requested him at least. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just surprised that he wasn't on the top of people's list based on how good the Niners defense has been. Yeah. Anyways, they are obviously a fantastic defense, but I just think Mahomes is going to do Mahomes magic, and I think it's going to end up being a close game. I can't see the Chiefs winning in a blowout. Well, if you can, and I think it's going to come down to whether or not Garoppolo is going to win them the game, and I don't think Garoppolo is going to win them the game. If you get some time out there in radio world, or I guess whatever we're pod world, podcast world, podcast world, look up Andy Reid's record after coming. Off a bye. Yeah, it's like 13 and four. Yeah. He but one of those fours is in the Super Bowl. He doesn't lose. Well, he lost with Philly in, <laughs> in the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. <laughs> well, that was when McNabb was out of shape. Well, he was I mean, throwing I mean, up yeah. in the huddle. Yeah, so. And T.O. came back after a broken leg way before he was supposed to and balled out. I don't think he had a touchdown, but he had like 10 catches. He over may or may not write up a game plan that could win them a game. But who knows? Shanahan's a good coach, too. He's fantastic. Yeah, so. It's kind of like the new era of coaches coming in and proving himself to the league because, you know, it's his first Super Bowl. I mean, he's always had the respect, but I guess he was the offensive coordinator when they let me down. They were up 28 to three against the Patriots and choked with Atlanta. You look at his father and you think of him. I think it's his time to kind of be looked upon. No, he's he's definitely he's catapulted himself into the top echelon of of head coaches in the NFL. And not to to go off too much a Raiders theme, but. I think, you know, you kind of got to question whether or not these young guys are identifying with these older coaches these days and when organizations are going to have to start transitioning into having younger coaches who these players will listen to, you know, who understand these players these days. Well, Andy Reid's old. Well, I mean, you know. Bill Belichick's old. Bill Belichick's old. Those are two of the greatest probably, some of the greatest coaches ever. You know what I mean? At some point. Player's not going to want to be talked to like an old man's going to talk to you and tell you, you know, go run your ass off. You know, you're going to want to have some. I don't think age really matters. So I'm, much, it's just but a transition. No, I know. I'm with you. I'm just thinking of the coaches yeah. in the playoffs. Vrabel is young. Yeah. He's a former player. Uh, Bill O'Brien's more old and he's a little old. less relatable. Sean Payton kind of acts like he's young, but he's older. McVay came in his first year. Pete Carroll's over league. 70, but he acts young. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I don't think the age... I, I know what you're saying. It's yeah. it's easier for players to relate to people that are younger and not just some old, staunch guy. But I think it more depends on how you carry yourself. You can well, be young and act old, or you can be Pete Carroll and act young. I just think that the Super Bowl represents the transitioning of that a little bit because you have a new coach who's first Super Bowl, still relatively young, and then you have the old man, Andy Reid. Yeah, who's been doing this thing? Oh, there's a there's a so lot. That, of different, that's a point of interest too. You oh, there's a lot of different contrasts in this matchup: defense versus offense, mm-hmm. old versus young. Mm-hmm. I mean, quarterbacks are both pretty young, but uh, a lot of speed on the Chiefs' offense. I, I think ultimately, what everybody wants is a good game, and I can't imagine that this is not going to be a good game. I can't see the Chiefs blowing out the Niners, and I can't see the Niners blowing out the Chiefs. Out of the two possibilities, I think there's a bigger chance that the Niners blow out the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Then the Chiefs blowing out the Niners because I could see the Niners doing what they've done, getting stops on defense and then just running the ball down your throat. And then the Chiefs just getting behind, having to throw, and then that front four getting to Mahomes. So I could see that scenario before I could see 
the Chiefs blowing the Niners out, but I think ultimately it's going to be a really good game, and I think it's going to come down to Mahomes versus Garoppolo, and I'm sorry I'm going to put my money on Mahomes over Garoppolo. I think Sherman's going to play a role in that game too because he has the experience. He's had a he pick has. in the first two games, he each has, of the first two games. He has that experience. I think he's taken on a leadership role in that team, and I think he's going to guide those guys you know, into the situation, feeling a little bit more calm. As a Raiders fan, you hate to say it, but I'm – Probably picking the Niners in regards to who's going to win the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, look, everybody pretty much says that it's a it's the flip of a coin. Mm-hmm. I think the line right now is the Chiefs minus one, which mm-hmm. is basically pick them. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to be an evenly matched. I think it's going to be a fantastic Super Bowl. And I think ultimately you could make arguments for the Ravens or the Patriots or the Saints or the Seahawks. But I think ultimately you got the two best teams because people forget – I think the Chiefs kind of went under the radar a little bit. I mean, they did end up getting the second seed and a bye, but I think they went a little bit under the radar because, remember, Mahomes got his knee decapulated or whatever the hell you call it. That's a fact. Popped out. So he missed a few games, and then, you know, there's the getting him back in, and they ultimately righted the ship. But I think if he had been healthy the whole time, you would have been looking at the Niners and the Chiefs as the two best teams, and that's who we're going to get. So it should be an exciting Super Bowl. Let's move on to free agent quarterbacks. It'll be fun. Free agent quarterbacks, Antonio. Oh, Rich Eisen made an announcement earlier today. He said that, and then we looked for it for like an hour, and we couldn't find it. <laughs> Look it up later tonight. I'm not going to tell you when tonight is, but <laughs> when you're listening to this, it'll probably be well uh, documented on the internet by then. <laughs> but th- there is a slew of NFL quarterbacks in 2020. Why don't you tell us uh, who they are, kid? Well, we start with the three old heads, if you will. Okay. Three future Hall of Famers, eh, maybe not Philip Rivers, but Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Philip Rivers. Drew Brees has come out and said it's either going to be the Saints or it's going to be nobody at all. Wow. So he's 41 years old. I'm not sure. I, I, I think he's coming back. He has to. I think Sean Payton has a certain loyalty to Drew Brees to where if he decides he wants to come back to the Saints, he's coming back. And the flip side is Teddy Bridgewater is also a free agent. I like Teddy Bridge, man. And he's 28 years old, so he's a full decade and three years younger than Drew Brees. Also on the Saints, got paid last year $7.25 million to be his backup. The multi-tool man. Do you see him going somewhere else or returning to be his backup or returning to be the starter and Brees retires? Teddy? Yeah. I think Teddy's going to go somewhere else. I think at this point, him going through the injury he went through, coming back from it, kind of getting to that starter role last year and doing well, building a buzz around himself, he's going to want to go somewhere else. I think he's going to return. I think I think Breeze is going to return for one more year, and I think Bridgewater is going to return for one more year. And then he's going to pass. And it then off. he's going to he's going to be the off to, yeah, he'll be Teddy. the starter in twenty twenty one. I think that's ideal for that organization if it happens. I just can't see Breeze going out. The last three ways that he's gone out in the playoffs, oh. that horrible interception, horrible fumble, the the overtime nightmares. The fu- I mean, just uh, you, you got to imagine that as a competitor, as a Super Bowl champion, he, if he goes out and he gets beat, and you know, then fine. But rule changes and horrible refereeing and and all the stuff that's gone down with their last three exits, with them being a contender, a Super Bowl contender, you got to imagine he wants to go out a different way. I mean, ultimately, obviously, with a Super Bowl win, but at least a game where he doesn't feel like there was stuff left on the table. Yeah, he's, that, that team is built for next year, too, I mean, in regards to be, still being able to maintain them being a threat. Now, uh, touchdown Tommy. Touchdown Tommy. Go ahead and come to the raids, kid, if you want to. I have seen, <laughs> I have, I have seen that rumored. Uh, he was talking with Mark Davis in, in Vegas at a, at a uh, fight. That was just a chance thing. But, I mean, he was in Vegas watching the fight, you know, so. 
And you know Gruden loves himself a veteran quarterback. They've got a ton of draft picks, ton of cap space. <laughs> I mean, and you're playing in an indoor facility now. Yeah. So it makes it that much easier for him to throw the ball, that much easier yeah, on the Yeah, as opposed to the wicked cold. And <laughs> the wicked cold. In Boston. <laughs> um, wicked smart. Yeah, if Tom Brady wants to come to the Raids, I'm not mad at him at all. The Raids have a, a superior offensive line. Yep. A couple. Young, fantastic tight end. Young, fantastic uh, Probably tight end. the offensive rookie of the year. You'll and get, Jacobs and running back. other players who want to come on and, and play with Tom. This is a wide receiver, rich, heavy draft. You know that, and gonna... you've got what three picks? No, no, two pick, three, two or three picks in the first round. Yeah, two or three picks in the second round. <laughs> you got young Renfro out there looking like a young uh, Edelman. Yeah. You know oh yeah, I mean? you know he loves the small white wide receivers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of built for him. If the Raiders make a couple moves to to um, solidify the defense and <laughs> you know solidify the offense a bit more they'll still go for <laughs> with Brady yeah <laughs> now we'll see I I here's my hot take a, a lot of people think that cooler heads are going to prevail and he's going to return to New England mm -hmm. and Montana even came out and said he shouldn't leave don't leave you know, I know about leaving one team although he got traded so I don't even know that's a little bit different yeah but I think he's gone or he's going to retire I don't think that he's coming back to New England I think the relationship is too frayed. There's been too much talk about who's responsible for the winning, Belichick or Brady. I think Belichick's ready to move on from Brady. I think Brady's ready to move on from Belichick. I think the only person that doesn't want to see any change is the owner, Robert Kraft. But I think ultimately you're going to see Brady. I think Brady might go to the Chargers. Kraft's been making macaroni and cheese forever and ain't changed that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not going away. <laughs> that's staying around Neither forever. is the cream cheese or uh, whatever the hell. Well, so there. where do you think he's going then? And where do you think fits best? I think the Raiders him? is a possibility, but I think the best fit is the Chargers. That's what I've been hearing. New stadium, tons of weapons, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, yeah. Eckler. No the, offensive line. But the defense is incredible, too. Yeah. And they can draft offensive linemen. I think okay. that's a good fit. I don't know. We'll see. But I don't think he's going back to New England. The only reason I think the Chargers don't work is because of the offensive line. And you're going to have to give Tom Brady time for him to be successful from this point on in his career. You saw them guys get after him this year, and it changed the game around for him. And Tom Brady's going to be successful. You need a big, crazy guy like Incognito out there setting him some blocks and yeah. keeping him safe. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, what about Phillip Rivers? He moved to Florida recently. It looks like the Chargers are moving on. Philly you Rivers see him playing uh, with the team. Yeah, Indianapolis. You're, you're Colts, ready to break man. news here? <laughs> the, this Rich Eisen thing that I can't find on the internet. Antonio, cousin Ant here, claims that he saw Rich Eisen say breaking news that Philip Rivers is going to the Colts, but Philly, we can't find it on the internet. Philly Rivers to the Colts. I, I guess you know that's a rumor going on right now. I could be wrong, but um, you know it's rare happening. Do you think that's a good fit? I'm not quite sure about that. You know, how much of an upgrade is that from? Well, Philip Rivers. Percent? Let me speak from a man that had him on his fantasy team. Was god awful last year. He was addicted to throwing the <laughs> this pick. year. Yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah. This year, last yeah, year, so, whatever. Yeah. The year's over. Yeah. The well, season's not the over. The regular yet. season. Yeah, yeah. Was god awful. But I mean, <laughs> I, I still think I see the glimpses of talent. It's still there. But some of his interceptions were just pathetic. Like, why are you throwing the ball there? What what, what did you think was gonna happen? Yeah. So I don't know if he's lost it or not. Maybe a change of scenery would help. Yeah, his offensive line was not good, but he had plenty of weapons around him and his defense is is solid. So he looked washed up. Yeah, he did look washed up. And he moved to Florida, which is where people go to retire. He's got like 15 kids. I'm exaggerating. I think it's nine. It's but it's like every single different age you could possibly have. It's definitely closer to 15 than it is zero. Yeah.
So I think he's probably done. If not, I could see the Colts fitting or maybe Jacksonville or Tampa Bay would take a flyer on him. But maybe he wants to just end his career having been with one team. Again, I think it's going to be borderline Hall of Fame, maybe not completely Hall of Fame. Uh, this is Ants, uh, Philip Rivers, the Colts. Philip Rivers is joining the Indianapolis Colts, it would appear. On Monday, Fox NFL insider Jay Glazer appeared on the herd with Colin Cowherd. During the interview, he suggested that the Los Angeles Chargers had officially closed the door on a potential reunion with Rivers. That's not saying he's going to the Colts. <laughs> he just said he thought that. It would appear. Yeah, would that's appear. a team that he think. It's a well, usually those guys are pretty spot on with those. Uh... And Jay Glazer's not Rich Eisen, gay. <laughs> <laughs> But that's I heard Jay, here, no. Well, I heard Rich Eisen say that this morning. That's just about Jay, Jay Glazer. That's just Jay Glazer. Got it. Setting, uh, Got it. setting two stumps for uh, the argument. I think he's probably retired, <laughs> but I can see him going to. A, I mean, I think those indoor um, facilities play a big part in teams coming to play for older guys, yeah. benefiting them for that latter part of their career, especially a quarterback because you got to be able to chuck it around. I think it's a little bit easier in those indoor f- facilities to do so, especially if you're not going up against wind. It's obviously. Re- Easier, right? What do you think about Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill? I like Marcus Both Mariota. Both free agents. Mariota was benched for Tannehill. Tannehill balled out. I think he had the highest passer rating out of any quarterback for like the last he balled. 10 weeks. It wasn't a short sample size. I think Mariota probably grew tired of that organization. Maybe. I think they grew tired of him. They were constantly 8-8. Eight and eight. He did win a playoff game in a, Arrowhead. I think it was a mutual. That was the game where he threw the ball off the defender's I think they mutually <laughs> were ready to go separate ways, and I think a new organization will be good What about good, the Patriots for Mariota? Could work. I could see, because he was the number one pick or the number two pick. Either number one or the number yeah, two pick. He was very good in college. I think it was the same draft as Winston, so I think he was the number two pick. He has Winston all the tools. One. He has all the tools. I like him in New England. I do well, too. I don't like him in New England because I hate the Patriots, but I think that'd be a good fit for, it for would. both. It would. Uh, Tannehill? I think he's going to resign with the Titans. You think so? Franchise. Why not? For a year. Yeah. Franchise tag him for a year. Yeah. He was fantastic for him. He did good. And he doesn't need to do a lot because they, they have King Henry. That was your guy, right? For a while, right? <laughs> he, he never panned out in Miami. <laughs> and of course, he makes it to the AFC Championship game with Tennessee. <laughs> just, just my luck. <laughs> Speaking of Tampa Bay and Winston, Winston's a free agent. Winston's a free agent. He'll probably what do you have, like 52 interceptions yeah, and 52 touchdowns? He'll probably go play for Canadian League or something like no, that. Man. No, he's going to get just, a starting gig. being harsh on him. Question is where? <laughs> where? I don't know. I don't know either. He maybe, could go to the maybe, Colts, but I couldn't see. Maybe the Panthers. Panthers? Yeah, that's another question. Cam what are they going to do with Where Newton? Where the hell is Newton going to go? I think you're dumb if you let him go if you're the Panthers because you I, have nobody else. I do too. Plus, I think he only has like $20 million, which is a bargain these days for quarterbacks left yeah. on his contract. I mean, he was hurt I'd last let that year. contract run His out arm looked bad before he was. Uh, well, I mean, he's had shoulder issues. Yeah. yeah. So that could it might be over for him. Who knows? I think if you have no other option, you kind of – Go for Jameis Winston if you're the Carolina Panthers, right? Or, you know, that that's maybe where Mariota can go. Yeah. Because, yeah. uh, you know, somebody like him to have the luxury of having somebody like McCaffrey to run the ball and having the teams guessing would probably benefit Mariota. But, I mean, he's had Henry the whole time. and I think that he obviously had the talent. He was fantastic at Oregon. And I think that if anybody can maximize the talent of a quarterback – it's Belichick. I mean, yeah. I know he's a defensive guy, but mm-hmm. I, I know that he could, you know, with Josh McDaniels returning, I was, I was surprised he didn't get the Browns gig. Once again, I think the Browns shit the bed. <laughs> Pun intended. Browns, yeah. get it? Yeah. Poop. Browns name. Yeah. Um, they hired the Vikings offensive coordinator after the Vikings put up 
10 points Yeah. instead of McDaniels. I, I was pretty shocked by that. But with him returning, I think that they could mold Mariota into what he was supposed to be. But It's a make or break time for Mariota in his career. He's going to either come in and do well somewhere or he's going to... Or it's going to flame out. And he's going to just be a backup for the rest of his career. Indeed. Which is probably not bad because you're getting paid millions and you're just out there watching football. You throw on the pads... And if you're getting paid, you probably don't care that much. I know for somebody like me and you, we'd be going nuts. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, we'll see. So some interesting quarterback free agency stuff for 2020. We'll wrap up with this, Antonio. Uh, Allen Iverson got robbed for $500,000 worth of jewelry that was in a backpack. Ouch. He got it back. The guy turned himself in. What? Yeah. The question is, well, yeah, that's, yeah, that was odd. Maybe he knew that there was a warrant out. Maybe they had identified him because I think they had him on camera. Oh, he didn't voluntarily turn himself in like I'm turning. He got No, I, he did, they, but uh, I think they might have identified who it was, so he knew that he had to turn himself in at right, some point. Right, right, right. But the question is. It was out there that it was him. Yes, I think so. Okay. Otherwise, why would you turn yourself in if they <laughs> right, had no right. idea who it was? 500000 question is, why the hell do you have $500,000 worth of jewelry in your backpack? In a backpack? I mean, you know, it was probably a couple of bracelets and a couple of chains that are just nothing but diamonds, you know? It's not... I'm sorry. I, I just, I wouldn't carry $50,000 worth of jewelry. You wouldn't wear $50,000. That's true, but even if I did, I wouldn't transport it loosely. Like, that thing would be under backpack? my watch at all times. Sometimes you don't want to wear the... Sometimes, you know, who knows? He probably thought, when do I bring it out? And I might be in a position tonight or today where I want to throw on these chains real quick and look good, but... Fair enough. I just can't I imagine think. being that loose with it. If, but, yeah, you better uh, have some insurance. If you got Iverson money, then God <laughs> yeah. bless. Yeah. And Antonio Brown, what the hell is wrong with this dude? He turned himself in. He, was, he had an ankle monitor, and he was on house arrest. He has since been off. He got released from house arrest. He's able. He got the ankle monitor off. He's able to go fulfill his contract uh, obligations that he has for different appearances and different business uh, ventures. But he's still, the case is still looming for the assault on the moving driver. Apparently, they wanted money for expenses. And Antonio Brown and his trainer lost his mind. The trainer's facing more severe charges than Antonio Brown. But the saga just continues. This guy continues to shoot himself in the foot, whether it's posting stuff on social media or doing stuff out in the public. He videotaped himself cussing out the cops. I mean, the guy, look, he was homeless at 16. He had a very hard upbringing. But he was so straight and narrow for so long with Pittsburgh. And then all of a sudden, he just flew off the rails. He missed. He was healthy for Week 17 and missed that game, a game that the Steelers needed to make the playoffs. They ended up winning but not making the playoffs anyway because they needed somebody else to lose. But it's just a shame because what he could have been for the Raiders, I think, he would have been, I think the Raiders would have had a totally different season if they had Antonio Brown. Then he goes to New England, plays one game, scores a touchdown in it, can't keep to himself send some direct messages to the apparent victim or the person accusing him of whatever allegations, sends those midweek after the game in New England. You're getting a second, third chance or whatever with New England. You can't help yourself. And then he gets into a fight with a moving... I mean, the the guy, somebody just needs to reel him in. Luckily, while they took him off of house arrest and took the ankle bracelet off, he still does have to... Check in. No, he has to to check in with him, but also he has to get mental evaluations wow and i think that's the best thing for him because something's got to be wrong with him upstairs i need to be drug testing him i think <laughs> you know what i mean to be brutally honest about it i don't think it's drugs i think it's just mental some of the stuff, i think it's a mental illness some of the stuff he does is, is, is a lot is a little questionable because he's, he's kind of on and off with it like yeah. sometimes he it seems, could be cte related too i think you know that's another strong case of what's going on with him i think no matter what you kind of are worried about the guy you want to see him get help you don't want to see anybody downward spiraling like this. Yeah. 
but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's people's own decision. You know, you can't really force a man to do anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that he has to want to change. So I mean, it's sad to see and. It's just he can still be one of the best receivers in the league. He could, bro. And I just I, I saw him, it's, you know, what little we saw from him in training camp with Hard Knocks and the Raiders. Mm-hmm. I just think that they would the Raiders were missing a guy like that. Absolutely. And I think that their season, you know, there was a point where they were what, 6 and 4 or something. Right. They, they they didn't have a horrible season and if you throw Antonio Brown in there and we know that Derek Carr has the arm. So he would have been able to – he wouldn't have been underthrowing Antonio Brown, and I just wonder how much different that season would have went. Way and different. especially what the Raiders had to sacrifice, they had to trade picks to get Antonio Brown, and they got nothing out of it. Yeah. They didn't have to pay him, thankfully. Yeah. yeah. But still, I mean, it's just – it's a shame, and I just hope that he gets his life together. And he, 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 I do too. Because I love watching him play. I he's one of those guys where he's like – He's I different. I wouldn't go as far as much watch TV, but he's as close as, as there is outside of the quarterback position. He's one of those guys like Tom Brady to where you watch him want to win. Moved on from the Chargers. Flag on the play. <laughs> we'll end it on the flag. 15 yards in Antonio. When we resume next week, we're going to start trying to do these every Wednesday. Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. Not Rich Eisen. Not Rich Eisen. Oh, <laughs> it was Dan Patrick. Dan oh, Patty. I could have, I should have been able to come up with that. <laughs> but he's also not like one. He's, he's on uh, radio. Yeah, satellite radio. All right, that'll do it. Happy Super Bowl, everybody. Oh, real quick, this is what I do with the I Super Bowl. I should have let Dan Patrick finish off the segment for us because he was just solidifying <laughs> the rumor that I was saying. He <laughs> the third person. <laughs> just held the thing up to the... There's probably something against it. Real quick, on the Super Bowl, uh-huh. this is the way I gamble. Take about $200, $300, mm-hmm. put 50 or 100 or whatever on one, on one side or the other, and then you take $200 and you bet $10 on everything. So you bet $10 on the coin flip. You bet $10 on who's going to score first. You bet $10 on the first passing play. You bet $10 on, you just bet $10 on everything. That way you're watching the game and every single play matters. It's the best way to do the bowl, man. (laughs) You actually do this? Fact. Wow. So I just sit there with my sheet and I'm just watching everything and I'm either cheering or getting mad. I usually end up breaking even or losing a little bit. That's well thought out. That's, uh, I wish I could remember the movie of the guy who was super good with numbers. Oh, Rain Man? Not a Rain Man. It's with uh, Russell Crowe, though. Um, beautiful mind? Beautiful effing mind. <laughs> Zach's got a beautiful... Zachariah's got a beautiful mind over there. It's fun, man. You bet on the Gatorade color, what it's going to be when they dump it on the head coach. You gamble on how long the national anthem's going to be. You gamble on the halftime performance. You gamble on it all, kid. It's pretty good. That's the way that I'm going to roll. All right, that'll do it for us for Cousin Ant. Antonio, I am Zachariah. Follow us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, whatever the hell. At No Work Today, K-N-O-W, Work Today. That'll do it for us. Holla! Here we go, kid.